We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? your practice this week um that is the question that we ask doesn't care how i'm doing it's fine um yeah my practice was okay this week i have a little bit of a which we talked about last time got a little bit of like si pain or something and so makes my practice really hard so i can't do my full practice because putting my leg behind my head hurts so what have you been practicing? So I've been doing second series and the first four poses of third, which might be too much. But I have been doing primary series for a little bit when it was really hurting. And then I slowly put back in second series and I'm trying to get back to my normal practice. But it is... A slow process, slower than what I would like. I'm not very patient. Well, is the injury progressing? No, it's just confusing because it's definitely like something is out of place and I've been looking up some different things to do to help it out, but um, it gets in my head more. And I think with all this stuff about being like practicing at home and um, sort of that uncertainty and feeling like disconnected is... It probably makes the pain feel worse. Well, at one point, you described it as being emotional, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, my I'm always emotional in my hips. Mm-hmm. And whenever I'm stressed out, like, it definitely shows up in those, like, behind-the-head poses. So for me to also be, have, like, kind of an injury around there, it makes it kind of confusing to separate the two. I forget how Kino put it in her second book. Uh stirring the demons or something in the hips yeah that sounds right yeah in the pelvic Mm -hmm. floor yeah that's probably totally not how she put it but it sounds i like it yeah Yeah, it probably doesn't but i mean i like that because that's exactly how it feels yeah yeah i mean like like behind the head will always be a struggle for me like always and i go back and forth yeah you have pretty open hips I think it also helps that you got those long legs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like it. I love, I love all the like behind the the head postures that I've come across so far. Yeah, you'd like those third series ones, I bet. <sighs> well, I don't really plan on finding out, but <laughs> never say never. Yeah. Patrick, how's your practice? My practice was good this week. Um, I had a good, hard week of practice. I'm very sore. Saturdays are my, today's Saturday, Saturdays are my um, rest day. What was Saturday? Yeah. And uh, losing track of the days as uh, America's in quarantine, at least Ohio. But um, no, it was good. It was, um, I'm, this week was a refocus on engagement of the legs, you know, you know, really pushing through my feet, paying attention to my feet. Um, and then... You know, a refocus on my jump packs. We talked about that. Um, you know, making sure that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything right and transitioning some of my movement patterns um, there. So it was really, I feel strong. I feel light. You know, I feel floaty. But it's, uh, it's, it's a little awkward when, whenever you change any of your, you know, movements. So, yeah. Good. It's hard to break patterns for sure. But uh, I've been watching, I've been talking to you a ton about, you know, these things and like from forward folding to, you know, floating back and, you know, sun salutations and then watching a ton of Dave Robson and Yelena, Yelena videos. Mm-hmm. How do you say it? I think that's right. Yelena. Well, I mean, I don't know. It might be a little. <laughs> 
too hard on the accent. Yeah. Sorry, Elena. We, yeah. It's hard to know where to put the em- emphasis. Well, I would, uh, you know, I want to sound right. I know, me too. And I'd say people's names wrong all the is time. Is it Yugoslavian? Um, I think so. Or I it's somewhere in the Eastern Bloc like that. Yeah. Yana, don't get mad at us. We don't. We're doing our best over here. <laughs> Trying. <laughs> Trying. Um, but uh, definitely <laughs> let us know. Uh, but no, watching them and, you know, I tend to, I'm uh, sorry for being long-winded about my practice, but I tend to. Um, I mean, what else do we talk about? Yeah, that's true. Uh, like all we do. Lean into sometimes uh, over-moving or allowing for too much movement. And I like some of the, sim- they do a good job of simplifying each movement and not like being overly expressive as in like what Ty Landrum does. It's like the opposite of that. So I, I've been kind of simplifying some of my movements and that's been nice. And this is what I've been telling you to do. Well, it's um, something that I needed to lean into on my own. Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of these things I find it like takes time to like figure it out. And sometimes like, I don't know. Sometimes, like, you're not ready to hear stuff or you don't understand it, and then all of a sudden something clicks. Like, if that's happened lots of times where, like, a teacher has given me instruction about a way that I move or something, and I'm like, I don't know. And then, like, three months later, I'll be like, guess what? I figured this thing out. And they're like, yeah, I told you that forever ago. And I was like, well, I shouldn't get it then. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, also, my back is open now, which is awesome. That's good. Yeah. I don't know Feels anything good. about that right now. I realized just, I mean, did I talk about this before? That I'm, like, really attached to my back bends, and they're hard right now, and it makes me, like, very frustrated because everything around, like. I would say we're both pretty attached to our back bends. We're both pretty attached, which well, is, this is my lesson in not being attached to the poses. Because yeah, I'm, like, no matter true. what, like, if my practice is terrible, I know that my back bends are going to be, like, awesome. And so <laughs> when they're not awesome, I'm, like, oh, man, I suck. <laughs> Which it's, that's a terrible, it's not terrible. I'm not trying to be too judgy on myself. But, I mean, that's a thing that totally can happen where it's like you attach, you don't realize how much you attach to something until like it goes away. Mm-hmm. And then when it does, then you have this reaction and mm-hmm. then everything feels weird. And then all of a sudden you're like, who am I? Should I even practice anymore? I don't even know. Maybe this practice isn't for me because like I can't do this stuff anymore and I can't do backbends and that's my thing. And am I a good astrongi? I'm terrible. And then you go through this whole thing. I have been doing this over the past, I don't know. How long has it been? Like a month. Remember my shoulder injury when I couldn't jump back? I literally lost my sense of self. You did. It was really, I was like Patrick and he was like, no, no, don't talk to me. It's fine. It was like a sad dog you were because it it literally took away my practice now I, I i know i'm very fortunate to be able to do that movement and just like and i i really practice it practiced it a lot and love floating back there but it's like i got hurt and i couldn't do it and i felt like my whole practice was ruined i know it's so weird how we how we do that it's like we are trying to find the we do both we like want to attach to like the things that are really good and then we like can't stop thinking about things that are bad where it's like the rest of the practice is probably, like, fine and you're doing great and everything. Else. But, like, when something is gone, then you, like, fixate. And then especially mm-hmm. something that you really enjoy. Like, I mean, but I experienced that, too, with my leg behind the head ones. I don't like those poses. I would rather not do them. But when I can't do it, then it makes it extra terrible. Extra hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in this week, I had a little bit of shoulder injury. That's why I asked you about jump backs and... And I had, I swear I have PTSD from it because I was like, I can't lose jump backs again. And, and so now I'm focusing on engaging whatever this is. What is this? The serratus. Yeah. Yeah. Serratus anterior. Yeah. So just making sure that I'm engaging the right things. And as you called it, bulldogging it. Mm-hmm. I've become Patrick's teacher now that <laughs> we're practicing at home. Oh, <laughs> I'm your teacher now. Yeah, all right. So much power. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've, t- I've taken over. Yep. It's great. It's pretty cool. Like when you got to practice at home, and then you have to, like, start figuring other ways to, like, I don't know, get into your practice and stuff. It like makes it much more. 
at least for me, it's like this much more like internal thing because like nobody's really watching. I mean, you're watching, but. Well, it's more individual. It's ownership. Yeah. Cause you're like, no one's going to know if I don't do it. Like no one will not know like all that, all that stuff. And so you're like, why should I do this? And then, um, so you have to kind of get over that hump too, because especially when time is super fluid like this, it's like, did I practice super today fluid. or was that yesterday? I don't remember. You didn't practice yesterday. I did not practice yesterday. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, that. I was not very nice about it either. Anyway, he gives me a hard time. Ex- He's also it, my teacher now. It, it comes down mm-hmm. to extreme ownership. And I mean, that's a book by Jacko Willenick, who is a former Navy SEAL. Um, that dude's crazy, but dude, that's nor here nor there. Uh, Sounds like an Ashangi, probably. Oh, he'd be good at Ashangi. <laughs> like, he literally posts pictures on Instagram every morning about his watch at, like, th- that he woke up at 3.30 or, like, 3.40 and, like, so, yeah, he'd be – I think he's almost too extreme for us. Mm. If there is a one person, like, that you admire that you're, like, they should totally be in a strongie, but they're not, they're doing something else, who, who would that be? Oh, shit, that's a great question. Not a great Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Because he, he, uh, the reason – so my background to this, the reason I found a strongie was jujitsu, and the reason I came – too Ashtanga was because a guy named Helson Gracie or knows well, <coughs> okay this is getting out of hand but one of the Gracies was doing the belly rolling the nollie rolling mm-hmm. and then that made me look into what that was and then I walked into an Ashtanga class with Taylor and I was like oh shit this is this is like doing jujitsu against yourself but ah. nonetheless I think that he is I think he would really like Ashanga just because he's very disciplined. He likes martial arts. I think any martial artist would like Ashanga. Mm-hmm. That's like, because like I grew up doing Taekwondo for like 10 years. So it's like, it was a natural transition. Yeah. What about you? Well, you know, I, j- so the, I can't tell if it's just because like I just want that, but, um, you know, like David Brothers. Mm-hmm. I feel like they would. Totally. Really? Yeah. Like Their I've personalities do not strike me as a... Yeah, they're pretty, like, intense. They're, like, creative, and they think about things really deeply, and all their music is, you know, a little bit about... I mean, it's pretty yogic in there, and what they talk about, they talk about, like, you know, living, okay. like, better, good lives, and I feel like they sort of follow, like, the all the eight limbs, you know, they just don't necessarily practice yoga, but I could totally see them doing it, like... If you told me, especially uh, for some reason, Seth Avitt really sticks out as someone that would. If you told me like that he was doing sun salutations on his porch <laughs> every morning, I'd be like, yeah, he totally is. I'll take it. Yeah, it's that's all I got right, got, got right now. Um, so you mentioned something that stu- stood out to me uh, when nobody's watching when you're talking about uh, sw- switching to home practice and extreme ownership. This week... Uh, Taylor, uh, Taylor Hunt had a Zoom call for where he was doing teaching with that, and you set up your laptop yep. to where basically he could watch your practice and then give you cues, and so it was like somebody was watching, and it was like uh, practicing in a room, but virtually. Yeah, it's pretty cool. The, um, you know... Which is, I guess, sort of our topic today. It's about practicing online. Like, how now everything is, like, transitioned to online. So, like, how do you, like, still connect with, like, a community? Because I feel like community within the Ashtanga method is pretty important. While you can do it, this on your own, it feels more, I don't know, has more, like, feels more alive when you know there's other people doing it or mm-hmm. at the same time like you feel like you're a part of something and I think that's a big motivator for practicing you know it's definitely one of my like reasons is like I do it for myself but also because like I feel connected to a community or other people and there's like all this like strange group of people that are strongies that are doing the same practice every morning and I'm at sometimes like to imagine everybody doing it at the same time. So like coming home and practicing at home, sometimes you like miss that connection or that motivation. So them trans a lot of teachers are transitioning to online right now, which is like also really interesting because I would say of any of the yoga out there, Ashtanga is probably 
one of the most like or has been historically one of the most like anti-social media anti like putting your practice out there um you know what I mean like they kind it's there's a little bit of a and I think because a lot of the authorized teachers and stuff are basically told not to put things online um or like be on social media I am not 100% on that but I think that was in there at one point yeah that's old that seems old school now yeah, now it seems because old school. everything's online. I mean, Sherat released breathing techniques this week. Oh my gosh, like my favorite thing ever. This is the best video ever. He was it's like, done like three videos. And I it know. Is, I'm like, and please they're ridiculous. Keep they're awesome. They're so awesome. Because there's like a stream of conscious, and then he talks about birds chirping and like oranges, and honestly, yeah. they're. But I mean, I did his pranayama things after my practice, and they were great. Yeah. I think that there's a, a little bit, while it's definitely not the preferred method of learning, like right now we don't have a choice and who knows how long it's going to last. So it's like, I don't know, how do we get the most benefit and how do you benefit from the online? Like how do we use it to our best um, to take some of this time to really like learn something and like can you do that? Well, yeah, but let's be honest, like those Zoom calls and shit, like that's not going to, unless you have an established fucking practice, that's not going to work for you. Right. And that's the thing that's really tricky, too, is that like right now it's like everything is stopped. So if you're already in a community and you're already in that stuff, it's like, OK, we can transition. But then yeah, it's if tight, someone huh? new wants to, it makes it more difficult. Like, how do we introduce this? Like, how do you learn this method just online? Which a lot of people do that, you know, they yeah. at one of my friends that I lived with in Mysore for a month she taught herself the primary series by watching Kino videos. I bet Kino's taught more students than online, like through YouTube videos and Seriously. most Ashtanga teachers. Seriously. Because no, I like, take that back. No offense, no. Ashtanga teachers. I love you all. I think it's probably Can't true. Wait to practice with you all. Because, like, she's really the first person to, to do it. And it really, um, I think, opened up Ashtanga to a broader audience. And so there's, like, a lot of people that learn just online. That is not my experience, but there are people that do that. Um, and I just, like, I mean, I've, it's I'd definitely impossible to to learn a practice and stuff. You just. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've learned so much through online videos. Yeah. I mean, Kino, that's where it starts because, like, anytime you, you know, g- jump on YouTube and or Google how to do a certain posture, it's Kino. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, that's what comes up. Yep. And then very, ra- like, Rarely do you get other people's videos. And then if you don't really know what you're doing, you might stumble into somebody. I mean, y- you'll get some like uh, David Grieg, uh, which those are good. Those are a little out there. Yeah. And that's, that's the other thing is that like some people are really good at putting the stuff out there and then some aren't. doesn't make anyone like a. Well, his videos are tight, like the Asana Kitchen. Yeah. I've actually never really watched his videos. He's insane. I yeah. I that's who I first gripped onto from an online presence. Like everything is, everything's really kind of like intense, and he's, yeah, but it it definitely helped. And yeah. I have a similar body type. I think he's a, he's way shorter than me, but he's just kind of long yeah. and slender. Yeah, I find so when I go to like online instruction because like I don't have the teacher in front of me. That is actually an interesting point. Is um, that I just thought of. Is like the ones I gravitate towards are usually the people that are built more like me, ah. because like Let's they're see. gonna move. Dave Christensen, yeah, Helena, yeah, and Dave Robson. And like I, yeah. I watch a lot of his videos. He comes up when you, you know. What's funny Google. is you're probably more built like Dave Robson than anybody, <laughs> like guy or girl. What up, David? How you know? What's going on? Yeah, I know. Well, I am. Um, I have a really in particular body type where I build muscle really quickly and I um I'm like lean more towards strong than flexible um but I still am pretty flexible but if I'm if I'm watching a video of someone um you know even Kino like how she moved how she is like I she's short we're built a little bit differently Mm -hmm. but her videos help me a lot because like we have a little bit of the same kind of proportions she has more open hips than I do but I don't know if she started that way so that's an interesting more. take then. So you're you're basically your point is that when you're looking at online videos, you like to model it after somebody who 
is similarly built than you. Yeah, because what happens is when you watch people, you're trying to follow each person's way of doing the practice is so individual. So their cues are also going to be pretty individual to how they move. Mm -hmm. Unless they've been teaching for a really long time and they've had lots of different students, which a lot of people do have. Um, then they can do away with the style almost. Right. But when you're teaching online and you're teaching like to a video, you're going to, from my experience, you're going to default to how you move, you know, and so because it's the most familiar to you. I feel like Kino's pretty good at getting rid of uh, style. Yeah, totally. I feel like, I feel like those like traditional like Mysore, like the people who frequent Mysore and have like studied with Sherrod and, and back in the day. Like they do, they do have a, they do a good job of getting rid of the style and like boiling it down to just like really simple movements. But when you start like talking about like Ty Landrum, who's studying under Richard Freeman and everything like that, there's a little bit more of that vinyasa tilt where mm-hmm. it's like, like added movements. They have a little bit different philosophy to things. Yeah. It's like yeah. West Coast versus Mysore. Right. So it's kind of like, you know, when you go to like, pick a teacher like there's a whole process around like pick an online teacher. you find someone that's going to speak to you that knows how to teach you and all that stuff and that's usually done in person but now we don't, we can't have that so much i call Sharat. well i've Ha-ha, i win i've been there twice you have never met, even met him yeah well I'll, de- I'll dm him okay good luck thank you um so when you go to like find someone on online it's like, okay, how do I find someone that's going to speak to me, that's going to, like, teach me? And for me, like, I'm going to find someone who I relate to by, like, how they how they practice, like, how they approach their particular practice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are other people that are, that are good about, like, making it – I mean, everybody – I think all these teachers are really good at reaching a broad audience. But I guess, like, when you're speaking about, like, all right, here's, like – it can also get confusing because if you're taking – if you're watching a lot of videos, which I did in the beginning, is I would be like, um, I would like watch all these different things and it can get confusing. It's like the same thing about having one teacher. It can be confusing sometimes when you like pepper in a lot of different teachers. So if you're going around to all these different workshops, everyone has like a slightly different approach and has different theories about how practice works, mm-hmm. like how, how to backbend, how to put your leg behind your head you know, the techniques of all this stuff. Like there's like, you know, a Yeah, a that has, that's dangerous. Yeah, and I've like hurt myself because I've studied with a teacher or went to a workshop and they approached backbends in a certain way and it did not work for me because like I have a pretty bendy back and basically was trying to like undo that and then I got hurt. This was a long time ago. Yeah, but you also don't want to be like, running through a practice where like you base like certain philosophies off Kino and certain on Tim Fieldman or and then like which they probably have the same philosophy because oh, the same ones. like personal like yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean they're married yeah. but and then like but yeah like I totally agree you you want to stick to a general philosophy or general teaching style I kind of have always been like do they deserve it i don't really like woo people or it's not that i don't like them i don't really connect with they them don't, yeah they don't speak to you right like, like, like i don't understand this right this is really so out there somebody who's a little bit simple like would i sit down and i don't i'd rather have tequila than beer but would i sit down and have a beer with them like are they just like cool down-to-earth people who kind of just like keep it real yeah, it's like you imagine having a conversation with them and enjoying your time. You yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's kind of important because, I mean, it's like you take online things and there is a little bit of that, like an imagined relationship there because you're like, oh, like I know who they are. Oh yeah, they share themselves teacher. online. They're <laughs> my teacher. They don't know they don't who know I me. am at all, but like, you know, like, be like, oh, yeah. And it's always like awkward if you meet them in person being like, I watch, I watch all your videos. That's so hilarious. I mean, I've literally watched every single Thailand video. Oh, yeah. And I've studied, at, like, I've taken all his online yoga work. What is it? Uh, yoga workshop online or yoga works online or one of those. But I've studied every single one. And I, I'm like, you know, Thailand is my online teacher. But, so. but you know, I, I did that. I learned his philosophy. Really great stuff. And now I'm slowly 
you know, finding my own style and letting go of what, you know, what I learned there, you know, and I'll, you know, and mixing it in with other things and just like feeling it out and not taking it too, too far. So that's, that's like another one of my, one of my things too, is like all of the instruction. I mean, this is in person and otherwise, but when you do things like online, I feel like sometimes people like to sort of create a little bit of a brand around how they move. Like I feel mm-hmm. like Ty Landrum does that a oh, lot. He definitely does that. You know? It's like spiraling up and then yeah. the, the waving of the, you know, yeah, any type of vinyasa or like chaturanga and upward dog and down his the waving action. Like, I I wonder if he did that in Mysore. Um, I feel like Sharad be like, no, bad. I don't know. I mean, I I think that we do like to look at people like that have a brand that stand out or have that kind of brand and be like, oh, that's not right. But I will say, like being in Mysore, Sharad doesn't really come down on like styles unless it is show off yeah like he doesn't really like the show off stuff he doesn't really you know he does try to like keep it simple and stuff but um you know I saw some people that were really really like dramatic about you know when people like step out and they're like like, do that you know like people would do that and I was like that is weird but like that was never um never saw that being scolded on. I feel like he's pretty like accepting of who people are. There's like a limit of it where it's like, okay, you're like, so, but there's this kind of animated. Yeah. There's sort of this like acceptance of some, like even giving people passes for different poses because of just like how they're built or what's going on. Like, and it makes people like, well, well, I didn't get a pass and I can't grab my heels. They couldn't grab their heels in capo, but they got a pass. I don't get it. You know? And it's like, it's all individual. So he gave me a pass on crown of awesome. I tell you, I DM'd him. You have not even been to Mysore, babe. I know. I DM'd him. Sent him a video. Yeah. Yeah. Continue. (laughs) You're ridiculous. Yeah, I know. Um, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, well, you were talking about brands. Yeah. So when people have like then a a brand of a way of how they move and stuff, it's like good to emulate that sometimes if you're trying to like nail down a specific movement or something that you're trying to learn. But then at one point you do have to like let it go and figure out how to make it yours. So you can't make it look exactly like the person you're watching because you're going to go nuts. Like you also might hurt yourself. You might hurt yourself too. Yeah. People that like can um, do really crazy things like there's, um, I can't remember who it was, but they put their leg behind their head and it's like all the way down and they like sit up straight and it's like the most beautiful thing ever. And it's like, if I tried to emulate exactly how they move, I might do it too quickly. So it's like, I have to find the way, find the technique with what they're teaching and then apply it to myself. And that is like a hard thing to, to find, I think. But I think it's important because, you know, you don't want to get to the point of being too compare you're comparing yourself too much to people online, which I think that's the danger of online always is like, how do I get this? So it's like, it's mine that I can own, but uh-huh. I'm not getting stuck in comparison, which that's, that's social media compared to, you know, and that's like all we have right now. Compare your current self to your former self. Yeah. Not to the person online, but I, I, I totally agree because I've, you know, I did the waving action on my, you know, downward dog to upper dog and all the chaturanga and everything, and it worked for me for a while. I've slowly uh, uh, kind of done, done away with it, and it works the same. <laughs> yeah. So what what was it about Thailandrum that really, like, speaks to you? Like, why are you, like, so drawn to him and how he moves? I think it was just, uh, I don't know, his the way that he explained things, I don't know if it was, nece- I don't think it's necessarily the way he moves. I think the way he moves is kind of crazy, but um, I think it was more so his ability to explain how to do a movement through a very, through a very imaginative way. And, you know, as like a, you know, artist and designer, um, he was able to allow me to visualize it and through his speaking and and that's kind of what gripped onto me and then I started viewing like how I'm breathing and visualizing my breath you know starting in the pelvic floor and then going up and then the you know 
the prana and the apana and everything like that and blooming of flowers on my head and <laughs> the nectar and everything like that and the Ganesh belly. So it's like it's uh, but I had to explore. I had to go down that area. Yeah. To and it, and I learned and I'm continuing to learn a ton from it and it was super cool. Um, but he's also I think he has a um, I forget what his background is in, but it's it's it makes total sense. Yeah. I mean, I I can totally see that because he does. You're a little out there, and I am. I don't know. I can totally see that. How? Well, I I, I think it just it just allowed me to, um, to bridge the gap between my creative adventures and my my creative abilities and my practice because one of the two to three reasons I practice is because it makes me more creative, and I do believe that it opens up the creative channels in my body. So I, I firmly believe that, and I, I believe that it clears all of those, and, and, and I think, and he's explained that in his writings and his teachings, and that's kind of what I gripped onto. So it's not so much that I like him for his movements and his movement patterns, it's more so uh, the way he explains, you know, the reason behind things and how to do them. Yeah, that's really interesting because um, I can definitely see how that, like, imagery can kind of open up to how you can like think about it and apply it into your own practice and stuff if you're like imagining these things because I mean a lot of the practices visualization you know it's like in order to I believe that in order to like do a pose you have to be able to visualize yourself doing it like Mm -hmm. if I can visualize myself doing a pose even when I haven't gotten yet then I already know that like I might not be able to do it right now but I'll be able to do it yeah I like that but there's, there's like certain, like Dwipada and Ekapada, I could not even visualize it in the beginning. Like I was like, I don't even know how to begin and my leg does not go back there. <laughs> like, I don't even know. Like I was just like, I remember sitting there like pulling my foot up and being like, I, I don't even, I can't even like see this at all. You know, where like I could see myself doing Kranavasana. Like I was like, yes, I know exactly yeah. how to do, how to do that. It's just going to take time to build strength. No idea with like behind the head. I'm still figuring out like behind the head stuff, but um, you know that like being able to to see it or have even or even have someone else look at you and be like, I can see this happening in you, mm-hmm. also is really powerful. So that visualization yeah. is really good. Well, it also that's very good when you have a teacher who can who has faith in you to do that movement. Yeah, like they can see it in you. Yeah, you can kind of see like the body, like how people move. You can sort of be like, okay, like they. I, I didn't always believe this, but when I started teaching and I would see people struggle with things, I'd be like, oh, man, they just got to figure out how to do it. Do but it. they can already do it. Like, it's in their body. Like you can see it. Yeah, and that exact thing, I guess it, that had never happened to me before until Kronavasana, and then Taylor pushed and pushed and pushed, and was like, you can do it. And then I came up, and then, you know, and then I did it for three weeks, and then my knees continuously hurt after I got the next couple poses, and so I back and so now I'm trying now my approach is we're going to do pain free Kronavasana yeah. so so we're now we're working on Lotus I'm working I'm actually working with you on Lotus and and you're helping me to figure it out and watched a little David Kyle video yeah. on anatomy and well I mean I think I think also there is um like it's that power in the in that belief so it's like if you yeah. don't like you have to believe it yourself, but sometimes we can't get there. So we sometimes like we need someone else to show us like someone else believing in us mm-hmm. then can like help us believe in ourselves. But um, I need you to believe in me. I believe in you, babe. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and I mean, I think like with online now, it's uh it's tricky to kind of get that because now we're like in our house by ourselves. We don't have that connection. Like that part's gone. So like, how do you get that? And it's like, I mean, in order to learn online, you can watch all these videos and try the things, but eventually you still need to like connect with someone like in whether right now it's like video still, but I think like having the live video or like the zoom call thing, is really like powerful. I, I was surprised at the, um, the impact that it had it it created a it did it had an impact on my practice when I knew that there was somebody watching or there's a group of people also practicing and like yeah so yeah and I think it's I think it's cool too like a little bit you can still feel that 
that energy. And so then it made me think like, okay, a lot of this stuff is so mental, you know, like me just like thinking someone else is watching does this interesting thing to me mentally. Like when I'm by myself and no one is watching, it's like harder for me to get there. But all of that still is just like in your head. I go back and forth. Sometimes I love when people watch me and sometimes I just prefer to be rocking on my own. I always want people watching me. That's I mean, that's like the problem always with me. I've lived forever. I always like, am re- I perform better when people are watching. Uh. It, it's true. I mean, like when I was, when I was climbing before, when there was a bunch of people around, like that pressure of like, all right, all right, I got to do it. You know, it's game time. It's fucking yeah. Let's like go. People are going to watch. I'm like, I think I'm like secretly on the inside, like a performer. If I hadn't found yoga or something i would have been well suited to be some sort of like uh i don't know well i think a good way to look at that is um the difference between you know practice talking about practice and game time so Mm. you know you practice your movements so you we're talking about football you do all that and then the lights come on friday or saturday night and that's the game time that's where you're ready to go so it kind of seems like for you Home practice is kind of just like practice, but when you're practicing in a room with other people and then a teacher, it's like game time. Yeah, I think that's... Lights turn on. Yeah, and so that's why I think I struggle at home. The Zoom call turned the lights on. It did. It totally did, and it's so weird that it it does that, and I don't know if I'm like a strange person in this whole thing, but... What do they call it? Friday night lights? Friday morning lights? Friday, yeah. Saturday morning? I don't know. Who the fuck knows? I don't know. But go Browns. Psych. What are we talking about? <laughs> what do you mean? What are we talking about? <laughs> We're talking about the lights turning on. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things. That, like, I kind of am, embar- am embarrassed to admit because nah, you know. Be but I mean, like, everybody wants to be the person that is just like this, like self motivated. Like, I don't need anyone. I mean, like, maybe because I'm not that way, I want to be that way. No, motherfucker, everybody wants to be the person in the room that everybody's looking at because they have a pretty-ass practice and like that. Everybody wants to be seen. Everybody does want to be seen. That's what it comes down to. The way that, uh, you know, uh, the reason that Ashtanga works is that it teaches to the individual and every single person. The teacher actually cares about the individual's practice. They are being seen. They care about them. They continue to show up. Yeah. It's important. So, I mean, but with that, like, how do we, how do we translate that with online? Like, how do you recreate uh-huh. it? Is it the Zoom calls? Like, how do you practice with videos when the, that teacher can't ever? I do think it's Zoom calls. I think it's individual Zoom calls to them. Or it's, well, you, if you say you're having to build up a practice, you have certain questions about it. But, you know, do you also have the funds to afford that? Because, like, you know, I've seen some Zoom calls that can go up to 75 to $125 for an hour, or an hour and a half. And that's that's way out of my price range. Yeah. And, like, even if it's, like, a half an hour Zoom call for, you know, 30 bucks, that's going to add up. So it's, like. Yeah, there's always a barrier with, with practicing with the teacher. I mean, because that's, like, what they do to make a living. And even, like, th- those, like, seem expensive. But, like, for a teacher, it's really even not that much money because like how many are they doing per day you know and that's the hard thing it's like how do you know how much to charge I struggled with this because I'm doing some zoom call things and I'm doing donation because I'm still trying to figure out like how much to charge for this stuff Mm -hmm. because it's not in person and it doesn't feel like as much work but it still is amount of time so it's like in person there's time but then even home like there's like, how do you value your time? And that's, like, a whole different thing. But I think most teachers are pretty open to, especially right now, to figure out how to get in contact with students because yeah. it's important to especially have that connection. students. Right. And if you have the funds to support, you know, those teachers or any teachers, I mean, I encourage you to do that because uh, the current s- situation is tough. And you can't be an Ashtanga teacher if people aren't coming to, like, Mysore and stuff like that. So, like there's been a transition to the online and you got to support yeah the community as a whole yeah and i and i will say that most teachers will if you can't afford their you know high price point if you if someone you're really connected with like reach out and i think that's like the main thing with any of this online stuff even outside of this whole like crazy stuff that's happening right now 
like if you have a question or if you want to feel connected to a teacher, it works the same way in person. Like you have to establish the relationship. Like they're not going to do it because they have however many students or their their focus is like elsewhere. So um, it's really on the student to cultivate the relationship. I remember Taylor said that a long time ago where he was saying like, you know, I had questions about like, how do you, how are how do you become a student? He's like, well, he's like, I, you know, I let the the student lead the way on the yeah. relationship. Like, I'm not going to be the one to, you know, reach out or like see what's going on unless they've like been practicing with yeah, me yeah. for a while. But like, you know, in the beginning, like you have to initiate it and everyone kind of expects it to be the opposite. No. Yeah. Nobody's going to do it for you or right. drag you through it and just like they care but they care to a certain extent yeah it's like it's a two-way street and I think sometimes we think so much about ourselves I see it happen a lot even with me where it's like oh man well like I didn't get this like they talk to this person maybe they don't want to like talk to me especially in the beginning I would like be really nervous but I also yeah. know just based on having different teachers and stuff that like I'm pretty I don't let that stop me. So I, if I want to talk to someone, I'm going to do it. But I know that a lot of people have talked to me about like being afraid to bring up, even that they have an injury to a teacher because they don't want to like bother them or wow. whatever. No, you always got to do that. Yeah. It's like you got to. My knee hurts. But yeah. it more than ever, I encourage you or I encourage whoever to reach out to that teacher because right now people seem more responsive online and more open to you know, actually like having communication with other people and strangers or just like the online community than ever yeah. because everything has transitioned online and we're all still trying to, to figure out our way through it and how it's going to work. So like this is like the prime opportunity to reach out to people and ask questions and form, you know, a relationship with somebody. Yeah. I mean, I know me personally, I love it when people like reach out and have questions about practice or like people will just like kind of randomly sometimes send, the, send me their videos of like check this thing out mm -hmm. like and I love it when people do that because it's like you know it, it's also the same thing like you want you to know that people want to learn from you and you want to know that like people care about what you say and yeah. that you they want you to weigh in on their practice and um so it's like we don't always think about it from like a teacher perspective but like they want to check in or they want to know, they don't always know when to, and you more so know when you need another person's eyes on your practice. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's why I sent you out memes. Yeah. DM. Memes. I'm just too. trying to, huh? Memes also. Uh -huh. Well, I just like, you know, I'll just check in with them. Yeah. They'll ask me how Crown of Austin is going, and I'll tell them, and then we go from there. But, yeah, it's, I'd. I think that there's a lot of positive, shut up. I think there's a lot of positives coming out of this. I mean, I really look forward to the day that we can all, you know, go back if if we're not home practicing all the time and we can go back to studying with each other and hanging out with each other in person. Yeah, me too. <sighs> hugging That's each it. other, yeah. But in the meantime, all these people are putting out really great content. So good. And I think it'll just continue. I mean, it's like teachers want to teach. So even if they're just like offering free classes or whatever. So, you know, find those teachers is a good time to like see how they teach. Because sometimes I, people don't um, put that put that out there or know how to. And now there's no choice. So now we have to continue to put ourselves out there. And um, I think it's a really interesting time. And I'd love to see like how after this we sort of marry those two together so that teachers have are able to have more connections like further out than just within their hometowns yeah. you know like and that's a choice I mean if teachers want that but I think that there are probably there's so many people practicing at home like more people practicing at home than practice with a teacher on a regular basis well Way and, more. and to that point like we need to all understand that things are not going to go back to normal things have changed yeah. So just embrace the fact that it changed and let's let's work with that and find the positive. Well, I mean, I, I mean, that's what I've been trying to it's, do. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's one way to look at it. But yeah. it's like just embrace the fact that things will never go back to how they were. So, like, let's take the positives out of this situation and add it into the current, you know, or where Ashtanga was. Totally. And I guess that. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll just end that there but um how, how you 
how do you feel about the online, like the lead classes? There's Ooh. been a ton of new offerings there. Yeah. Lead classes are, e- are much easier to do because you just follow along. And I think that that might be good for some beginners or some earlier on. Well, I mean, I think that I think what we're going to see more, I've seen some people do this more um, where, you know, lead classes traditionally are just counted out and you follow along. But if you don't know Mm -hmm. those poses, then it's really hard to do that. And I've, I think what's going to happen is we'll probably see more classes that are led, but more instruction is given um, as people go through their Robson did. Yeah, so they're going to be, like, going through it, and they're going to be, like, telling you how to get in the pose, what to do, and so they'll probably take longer. Um, but it'll be – I'm going to see – I really think there's going to be a lot more people that do those things as they, like, lead it – lead through. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think that that's really the only way to do it unless you're d- – because even if you're doing, like, an online Mysore, you, mm-hmm. you're not going to get that same – attention from a teacher to like learn the practice like you're gonna have to reach out to them and learn it one-on-one because like how normally be in the room is that the people that are that like know the practice they're gonna just practice and the new people get all the attention but on a zoom call the teacher can't spend much time talking to one individual person because it gets in everyone's ear because everyone will hear it and so like they really can only give a couple cues and stuff. Well, those Zoom calls are going to have to be slowly refined and perfected. Yeah. And, and then you'll, you will start to feel that out. Oh, no, this is how you approach it. And then, like, in you know, and what happens when uh, teachers start to offer online workshops as long as this continues to go on and, like, you know, take a second series workshop, take a primary series workshop, you know, like, yeah. it, like, if it helps or if it makes sense for you financially, like, that might be to your benefit, like, as opposed to, I mean, or in addition to, you know, buying, like, an online package that, you know, is a couple, like, learning how to float, you know, or just something like that. I mean, yeah. I've bought so many, like, one-off videos and just, like, watched them over and over and over and over and over, but mm-hmm. it might make more sense if somebody's doing, like, a live workshop during this time. To just like float that money there and tune into them and be able to ask real time questions. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. We'll be re- re- refined over time, but if you're like learning, trying to learn something that's brand new, it, it's always going to be best to reach out one on one. You know, yeah. a lot of them are doing one on ones, and that is really, I think, for that purpose to like spend more time talking about, you know, learning a specific movement or even learning the Ashtanga method. Um, you know, I've been experimenting with that, like doing some, you know, kind of beginner classes and stuff. And so I'm still trying to figure out like how to best like do that and give each person an individual practice when there's like a group of people like that's super interesting. I mean, you, you taught my little si- she taught my little sister uh, what you did a one on one with her mm-hmm. and took her up through what? No, we just did some citations. That's great. And then now uh, my little sister's name is Reagan. And now she's what? She has oh, the, the week to practice sun salutations. Mm-hmm. So Suryanamaskar A and B. So she has to do those every day. And then and then when you guys get back together next week, you're going to add in what? Yeah. I mean, we'll add in more things. And that's kind of like the way that you would do it is you would like um, still how you would learn Mysore is like you would give a certain movements until they get it, get it to well, practice yeah. and then like add on more things. And so I don't, it'll depend on like what they, mm-hmm. it still is really individual. So it's hard to say, like I might have an idea of what I would want to teach them, but it depends on how they do with it. So and that's so weird seeing that, that model of teaching translated because yeah, you teach individual and then you give them the next pose when they're ready for it. And then how you do that online, it's, yeah, you have to, like, watch them practice. So there's yeah. a little bit of that awkward thing that both people have to get over. So I don't know. I just think that, like, we'll start figuring it out a little bit better. I think everyone's a little bit lost on, like, how do we do Ashtanga online? And it's it's tricky because it's so, it's so individual and one-on-one, and you don't have the time to do a bunch of one-on-ones with people if you have, like, a huge studio. Yeah. So. But I tell you, right now, I am more inspired by the online Ashtanga community than almost I've ever been just like seeing people from around the world. I mean, I'm always inspired by, you know, people like Lucas who literally put his legs behind his head like that and, and other people around the world. But 
like right now it just seems like everybody is like really you know taking care of themselves and pulling their practice inside and just focusing on you know what needs to be focused on yeah i'm excited to see where it goes well is that is that all i think so we even talked a lot yeah almost an hour almost an hour are you guys still there yeah all right well um (laughs) Yeah, I guess we can talk forever about things. This is why we're doing a podcast. Yeah, well, at least things that we absolutely love, which is this. Right. All right. Well, any other tips or anything? Any, any resources? What would you, if I was looking to, what are some fucking resources that you've used? Um, man, that's a great question. I mean, I, I can't really, I can't really pick out. I didn't do like how you did, where you kind of focused in on like a bunch of things. I just like. YouTube things to find it. Um, yeah. But we can come up with some resources to post on well, the page for people. Fuck that. I mean, yeah, we can post those. But yeah. all right, so check it. So Dave and Yelena, uh, I think Dave Robson and those, like that's a great place to start. He has like, and I love those because I bought almost, I bought a lot of them. Uh, they're only $10. And they teach you like basic fundamentals. Also his Ashtanga Mondays and stuff like that has helped me to simplify my movements so much, like his little finger waving. Yeah, I mean, waving. I do think any of the any of those like authorized teachers will have some things yeah, like that. Yeah, definitely you go know? there. So like, I don't want to like pick out like yeah, like any of those like big you know got like Kino and probably Laruga and sure, LaRuga. and Taylor and David Yelena and um, David Harmony Kyle and Anatomy. David Kyle. Yeah, so there's like a lot of different one different teachers that all do really. Does Harmony have online videos? Yeah, she she's does? been doing some. Yeah, she does. But like actual like yeah. subscribe ones. I don't. I'm not exactly sure, but I will find out. She's been doing and a lot of like workshop ones over the week. Yeah, so she's doing a lot of that stuff. I think that any of those teachers would be really good. So I'd say like start with a teacher, so you can find them like on Instagram. We'll put a, a list of like some teachers that we know, and if we leave anybody out, let us know because I don't know everything. But Perfect. I, yeah. All right. Well, that's episode two. Boo. All right, y'all. All right. Goodbye. Bye.